Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Stealthy like the Democrats, appealing to your heart. What? Uncovering the histories we'd rather keep hid dark. <gasps> Talking Musical History Podcast. Talking Musical History Podcast. Can't ignore if you try. It could be your son or daughter with a deadly bomb of knowledge in their head. Tuning into. Talking Musical History Podcast. Talking Musical History Podcast. Learn some truth. (laughs) Welcome, folks, again to another Halloween episode of Talking Musical History Podcast. This time... Weave madness. Oh man, uh, uh, the madness has gotten him. Episode <laughs> three. <laughs> and, and I feel like Anslinger is coming to get you. Welcome, folks, who learn best through musicals. I am Kevin. And I'm Chris. Welcome to Talking Musical History Podcast. In this episode, we are going to talk about Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah. Super excited about this one. Actually, uh, remember seeing this when I worked at Target way back in the day, <laughs> like when I was a you, you know a young lad, like uh, uh, going to college, whatever. And like we uh, I, I um yeah, I bought the movie because I was like really interested in like I had just, you know, like uh, um learned about like marijuana culture and whatnot. And I thought this was a really fun show and it, it is it's it's an incredibly fun musical, but like unfortunately the subject How did Reefer get started? What what's the origin of Reefer, you might ask? Oh, the word. According to good old Miriam, it started in nineteen twenty seven. Modified from the Mexican Spanish Grifa. And so that's how we got reefer or marijuana, bong, cannabis, dope, hashish, hemp, herb, tea, ganja, hash, joint, roach, weed, acapulco, gold, Maui, Wowie, Panama, red, doobie, locum weed, Mary Jane, cincimella, charus, 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 grass, kef, keef, draw, gold, skunk, 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 weed, charge, gauge, Jive, Muta, Pod, Rope, Smoke, Spliff, Daga, Green, Loco, Weed, Mezol, Wacky, Backy, Club, Black, which I think is a racist term because we'll go into that later, Chronic, Leaf, Toke, Tube, Kush, 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 Black Oil, Hash, Fiber, Jute, Flax, Manila, Bang, Abaca, Fennel, Ambery, and Pot. That's, that is a list, my friend. Here we are in hour 27 of our long list terms of for marijuana. Actually, cannabis, ladies and gentlemen. Cannabis is the correct answer. So uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, cannabis is the English word for marijuana. Cannabis 
which is as old as the word canvas. Canvas, which was made from hemp, from cannabis, man. So this word marijuana is meant to scare and thus reefer madness. Ah, there's the history. Um, America is always Americaning all over the place, unfortunately. If you don't know the story of uh, around reefer madness, uh, a B movie came to be, and how the man that would inspire the movie Citizen Kane, the man who would help prohibition happen in America, basically created pandemonium in the United States. Yeah. And my first exposure to Reefer Madness, the movie musical, was actually at Eastern Michigan University, where my professor, Phil Simmons, had us watch it for my movement of the actor class. I fell in love with it. It's a it's an easy musical to fall in love with. Um, it's it's just a, a gem of a uh, a, a it's just a gem of a show, and uh, uh, Christian Campbell, um, I, I feel like he should be more famous than he is. I don't know, maybe uh, maybe he's just plenty famous, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I like his performance, and he, he, he does a really good job. They all do a really good job of, like, just selling how everything works in that little, like— <laughs> askew universe about, like, uh, the truth around marijuana— let us tell you what to think now. Originally titled, Tell Your Children, but also known as The Burning Question, Dope Addict, Dope Youth, and Love Madness, finally settled on the popular Reefer Madness for the 1936 film. It seems like that this, uh, um, it's, a, it's a religious film, uh, a film on abortion, film on like abstinence. You know, it's it's just like one of those after school special sort of Propaganda. things. Like, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like, it, but but not necessarily made by the federal government, but definitely like endorsed and promoted and 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 sort of echoed by the federal government and definitely by Randolph Hearst. So like, uh, uh, that's uh, um, uh, sort of what's going on around all. Of the film was a part of like a whole bunch of general propaganda by the U.S. government to to get people to demonize black people obviously and 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 uh mexicans specifically uh, as well because like you know the the term marijuana they didn't have to use that they could have just called it cannabis the whole time but they needed it they could have spelled marijuana correctly but they used the racist spelling uh with an h uh ladies and gentlemen by the way if you spell marijuana with an h you are using the racist spelling please do not spell it with that spell it the way it is Meant to be spelled. Marijuana with the J is A-OK. Or call it cannabis. How about that? Thanks to Perry-born Louis Gassner, the guy who put up all the money for it. Just like his depiction of reefer addicts, Louis was jonesing for some money, which is the only reason he agreed to make George A. Herleman's green carrot dangling for him. Arthur Howell, H-O-E-R-L, wrote 150 films between 1921 and 1968. One of the other best-known works, besides the original Reefer Madness, is in 1948, Superman, him making history as the first depiction of the Moses superhero. It's a fun and beautiful musical, and when I think about it, it, it really reminds me of Little Shop of Horrors in a lot Absolutely. of ways. Wait more than Little Shop of Horrors did between The Jump and 
What I mean by the jump is that it had a jump from the original B movie, the little black and white little B movie that was a joke in both in both senses, definitely. Like the one was made as like a here, let's see what we can do, and the other one was made of like a here, let's see what we can do to protect our white people. Yeah, and uh, uh, let's let's not get it uh, uh, confused, like. The whole thing around like reefer madness and the war on drugs, it was a way to basically, you know, uh, is a way like because it is today because like, you know, you can go around to multiple states. And right now, right now, as you are listening to my voice, there are people that are in jail in states. Uh, uh, they're in jail for marijuana possession in states where marijuana is free. And it's not because they did a violent crime. It is because... They were caught with marijuana. Well, black or Mexican or liberal. That's true. They speak their mind. Liberals get put in jail sometimes. It's not like like if you're a white liberal and I, I, you know, and I'm not trying to like uh, um, give white liberals a pass because they're definitely some racist white liberals. Gloria Steinem's been to jail a bunch of times. Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda has been to jail multiple times. She thought she was going to go to jail uh, on her birthday in 2020. And, uh, you know, luckily, I guess. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want her to have that press. I I just love these like nasty women that are getting into this good trouble. It is amazing. So keep it up. Keep it up, and you know, like uh, speak out against injustice. One hundred percent. Caffeine is a drug. If you drink caffeine in coffee form or in soda form and Coke, Pepsi or Red Bull form, for that matter, you are doing drugs. I'm sorry. And you might think to yourself, wait a second, caffeine's not a drug and it's a safe drug. Well, here's the thing. Imagine, if you will, that there was a world where caffeine was criminalized, and if you chose to use caffeine, you would be put in jail, maybe for all of your life. And you weren't allowed to create caffeine own a coffee house, own a tea house, sell Pepsi or Coke. And remind you, Coke was originally made with cocaine, but we're not even getting into that, right? If caffeine were regulated like that, like think about like all the unhappy white people that wouldn't be able to have their tea. It would suck. It would suck for me because I like tea as well, you know? Like when we allow these like arbitrary rules to be put on things where we don't want to enforce them equally, uh, just so we can allow racists to be happy, everyone on the planet suffers. Having the last laugh, having the last laugh. Critics called it the, one of the worst films ever made. Starting in the 1970s, it became all the more reasons to get baked on 420 to watch this pure white mansplaining, spreading hate and fear at its glory days. Well, until Trumpler, at least. Public domain now in the U.S., the last laugh is really on the folks that made this so serious. Steal a hit of comedy gold. Exactly in the way that Little Shop of Horrors went, Reefer Madness followed. First, it was a campy film that was a joke. Then wait, double that what Little Shop of Horrors waited. And we add music that is catchy with camp that will make you an addict for the music alone. Like some of the actors obviously had an idea that this was like bullshit and whatever. And like you can kind of see it in their performance. The, the creators, they were all thinking, you know, we're going to we're going to save some souls with this film. We really are not not, you know, we're going to help push racist policy that will uh, uh, damage generations of black people. Or more reefer madness like Kevin Murphy and Anne, Andy Fickman, along with Dan Studney, 
Andy Fickman, a writer, director, producer, who is best known off-Broadway, London for the Heathers, the musical, as well as a pl- as the movie and the play, which I did see off-Broadway with Adina Menzel in it. Oh, that's interesting. She wasn't there physically. It was in a recording. Of Jewtopia, She's the Man, Race to Witch Mountain, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. Gypsy with Bette Midler and was a writer and director with Who's Your Daddy? Kevin Murphy is a screenwriter, TV producer, lyricist, composer, and also co-wrote the Heathers musical along known mainly for Desperate Housewives. After the high wore off with Kristen Bell, she lit his joint with reading of the Heathers musical. He and Dan Studney also worked together on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. Phantom investigators tv arena the animated tv series weird science tv big brother jake both he and kevin murphy won an emmy for outstanding music and lyrics for mary jane slash lane yeah that that um that song was added for the movie yes it was you should really check out the album for reefer madness it's really kind of interesting because like it has the whole um you know obviously the music and then it goes to like a karaoke portion and then at the very end and i didn't realize this and kevin told me about it is at the very end you have the original from the la production there was a lot of there was a lot of songs that they thankfully cut and changed from the la production to the filmed showtime version Thank God for the Showtime musical. In 2005, premiering four days before 420. Thank God. Because uh, they did. They made some really awesome choices that made that musical really pop. Um, and I am really glad that they left out what uh, it your father knows best. It did not get as big as the previous Green Menace did. So, wait a second. So, does that mean Little Shop of Horrors is actually about weed? Right, because like, like if you if you put Little Shop of Horrors in the context of like it's reefer madness, like he goes to this Chinaman, this old Chinese man that allows him to, or maybe even be a murderer, right? A strange and exotic plant. Like I yeah. never, I never thought Little Shop of Horrors was about weed. Un- unfortunately. Unlike Alan Menken and Howard Ashman with Little Shop of Horrors, the people who brought you Reefer Madness could not have picked a worse time other than the pandemic we're heading in right now. Started to premiere and then 9-11 happened. So everything was shut down and then when things were coming back, uh, you didn't really want to say something too political at that point. Want to take a chance? Yeah, I mean the you know the the country moved a hard right, which it probably shouldn't have. It always seems like these uh, really odd tragedies happen that uh, allow Republicans to take advantage of that. Similar things do not happen when other people are in charge, and I just don't understand how that's a thing. Harry J. Anslinger, he was Republican. I just I just want to point it out, just in case there's any uh, um, confusion. Hater of fun, right? So it creates pro- prohibition on America before he creates prohibition. reason why I bring it back to, to, to this gentleman, uh, the, the high school in uh, uh, Reefer Madness uh, is named Harry J. Anslinger, and the whole reason why craziness around Reefer, uh, by the way, uh, Grass is Greener, watch that documentary if you want to learn more. Harry J. Anslinger and how he sort of kind of ruin america uh check it out on netflix um uh fab five freddy he did an amazing job if i can't have fun no one should like he he is the hater of jazz music first off right so like for some reason he hates jazz 
musician. Uh, Louis Armstrong, he hates uh, Thelonious Monk, he hates Coltrane, uh, Billie Holiday, like he, he you know, Cab Calloway, the United States versus Billie Holiday, 1947. Uh, good luck finding it. We'll tell you more later on. Um, also, the count of racism. Luckily for him, he, he used to consistently uh, write the N-word in his reports. Actually, like in the 1930s, uh, he was actually considered by crazy racists to be the craziest raciest of the raciests racists. Crazy racist, crazy racist man. Crazy racist man. Beyond that, though, he was the head of, of uh, a Bureau of Narcotics and like prohibition was ending and he needed to keep his job because his department would have gotten shut down. Right. And also, if I can't make money, right, like doing a job that no one wants me for, I need to make a craze that gives a reason for that. And and like, you know, you, you, you got to wonder, like, you know, why is marijuana like uh, um uh, under law enforcement, right? It's just a plant. One solitary little plant. There is a saying that Alan Cumming uh, character says, before you can say Jack Robinson. His yeah. musical specifically is a very white perspective. Before you can say uh, uh, black guys in baseball. The, the origin of that saying, dating back to 1700s, meaning before you know it. Oh, it wouldn't be because that would be 1930, right? I mean, it's possible. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, like, I don't have a problem with the idea of being wrong. The identity of Jack Robinson is unknown, but he said that he made brief visits that people never knew he was there. When you type in Jack Robinson into the internet, the first thing after Jack Robinson is Jack Robinson baseball. I, I want to put that out there. That's a 200-year-old phrase. It made its way into a, a musical about reefer madness. Makes sense only because A. But I could see it being Jackie Robinson as well, but it didn't say Jackie, it said Jack. Okay, that's I, I mean, I thought of that too when I first heard that. And then I looked down the rabbit hole of the phrase before you can say Jack Robinson. They wouldn't necessarily be thinking about a full timeline because even though the original movie was made in 35, the musical was made after. And there is a spot in the musical where like there's a black family that like yeah. they like a don't really talk about black people. And then they have this like weird cowering black family moment. Yeah. I think it could have been both before you even knew that reefer was coming. It's here. It could have been that along alongside Jackie Robinson baseball. After the William Shakespeare, an Elizabethan poet and playwright, who is said to have been bisexual and a revolutionary in the theater world, the song in Reefer Madness called Romeo and Juliet. Kevin, I'm sorry you said that wrong. It's Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. After that song. The collective works of William Shakespeare, yeah. like uh, uh, <laughs> corrupting our youth. Coming in like Bert from Mary Poppins, the chimney sweep look, but instead drives a stake through the William Shakespeare work. Do you think Henry Anslinger legitimately thought William Shakespeare was uh, corruptive? Harry J. Anslinger legitimately believed mm -hmm. that marijuana gave black people powers. If only that were true, we'd have yes. Black Panther for real. You you point out a brilliant point. Yes, because if it were true, Harry, Billie Holiday would have smoked a joint and flew up your ass and exploded you from the inside out. She is the type of person that would have done that. Satchmo or Louis Armstrong 
a also known as Satch and Pops, was the first African-American entertainer as a trumpeter, composer, vocalist, and actor to cross over into white audiences. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he's a, a prolific uh, a music person. Anslinger will have none of that. I don't understand how your fingers move across that trumpet. Shame on you, you devil man. His song, Savoy Stomp, is referenced in the same song, The Five and Dime. Oh, trombone? Oh, I know what that's for. (laughs) Put that music away, sir. Put that music away into your pants. Tromboner. What about Jimmy Dorsey? Jazz trombonist and composer, pianist, big band leader. He and Satchmo worked with Old Blue Eyes. Anslinger worked really hard to oppress jazz artists. Act specifically in Latino artists in the 30 years that he was was you know in charge and like uh, um the great thing is is the industry really came together and protected people like bailing people out benny goodman the king of swing clarinetist band leader was a rebel in the time of one of the first integrated jazz groups defying the jim crow law yeah mez mezro but whatever no i mean like every everybody talks about benny goodman benny goodman but i'm gonna say like ladies and gentlemen look up mez mezro he is the one he is a phenomenal clarinet player as well but like he did not get the attention and i think it was because like, he used to sell weed yeah i mean like you know i i love his music um you should definitely check it out it would be nice if the the musical had a serious jazz number in it the last reference in the five and dime is major Bose amateur hour that was a show that featured young sinatra and marie callas to help get untapped talent discovered that started with edward bows starring is a host in 1934 and ended Two hosts later in 1952. 420 started as a code word for a group of five friends in San Rafael High in the 1970s who called themselves the Waldo. Met around 420 after school, but before your parents got home. And that's why we say 420, folks. Your parents are working a nine to five. Yeah, that gives you like a solid 40 minutes to smoke. <laughs> yeah. You you get out of school at what time? Four dollar word as a reference in Romeo and Juliet <laughs> in Romeo and Juliet is a common or hard to understand word if you did not go to college or at least finish high school matriculate oh matriculate <laughs> where did you matriculate oh my gosh uh, uh Cummings does his performance I hate the fact that like this musical is like has such a terrible history that has to be discussed because like really the performance in that movie is amazing like from top to bottom but like the history around it is so awful that you have to spend all the time talking about that instead of how awesome the performance is another character that Alan Cumming does play the goat man or <laughs> yeah the satyr Malak Canaanite god associated with child sacrifice in the Hebrew translated king and shame put together. He was the original shame wizard. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like his his shaft or his staff with the the, the penis on top that like that aims at Jimmy and then it uh, turns into a torch and he like lights the fire. I am interested in seeing that on stage. Forty eight states. 
So another time marker of when this took place. Between 1912 and 1959, after Arizona and New Mexico had just become added, before Alaska would follow the same year, Hawaii as place marker. Definitely is a different time, right? I don't know how well we, we even understand modern America, honestly. Can't even look at the world the same way. It's, it's unfortunate. Dillinger. To scare with a notorious gangster John Dillinger from the 1930s with a cool aliases Gentleman John and Jack Rabbits. That's sort of the idea of like around like Jack, right? Supposed to be like this mobster gangster doing weed. And it's, it's supposed to feel like that, but it's like they took a prohibition story about alcohol and then turned it into it being about weed when it doesn't really fit in the same way. Like a haze code in reverse in a way. <laughs> and, and and people like like that look at it go, wait a second, that's not that's not how the experience is at all. But this is hilarious. I will laugh at this, thank you. But it's ridiculous. Cab Calloway, an American born on Christmas Day in 1907. Writer, big band leader, singer, dancer, actor. Oh my gosh. Uh, Cab Calloway saw through, uh, oh yeah. my gosh, Cab Calloway saw through all of this bullshit constantly. Like he has tons of songs. Go through his full catalog. He has tons of songs where he's like basically like making fun of this whole like Anslinger nonsense. Cap Calloway is an awesome musician if you don't know him. Go check out his stuff. Like, I would even suggest uh, checking out YouTube. Cotton Club. Uh, right Mini the Moocher. What Anslinger did. Not only, like, uh, promoting films about, like, you know, anti-drug culture. Drugs can be handled in a specific way and aren't necessarily bad. It really depends. Um, as long as we're honest about, like, what their effects are. That being said. Kind of like guns. He would actively go out, damage these people's, like, livelihood. And then we're all like, well, you see, of course they, they, they left led this life and it's like well yeah because you like harassed them johan johan hari he wrote this book about uh billy holiday uh, around all of this there's a movie that's coming out actually they finished shooting it right before covid hit Another movie to look forward to. Yay. The, the name of the book, Chasing the Scream, The First and Last Days of the War on Drugs. Dizzy Gillespie, born John Burks, was a jazz trumpeter, composer, singer, educator, giving me guff. I am always giving you guff and you better take it. I don't even know like the extent of the awfulness of Lovecraft. It's it's not quite Lovecraft country, but you know. In my head initially when before I was like I was thinking about like how racist Lovecraft is and like how I barely knew about Lovecraft, but I liked some of his ideas in in the sense of like monsters and sci-fi imagery and all that. Anslinger obviously had like no respect for whatsoever. It's really interesting how much more effective he was on American culture and no one knows who he is. Right. And Lovecraft, who I feel like not nearly as effective on American culture, everyone has an idea of who he is nice. other than the racist. Listen to Jesus Jim is done very much in the style of beauty school dropout. Listen to Jesus Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like it, it is the beauty school dropout moment, right? I did a little bit of the translation of the Latin. Donna es raccoon. Quiam num quam humas cannabis art in chendes ibi inferno. 
means or burn them will never be there hell grant them eternal rest to the dogs of smoking <laughs> there's also a line or wind up is satan's rent boy do, do you know what a rent boy is Ramalema, they're gonna cut your ding dong <laughs> like some sort of sex toy uh yeah man who sells himself for money or whatever <laughs> i assume selling himself for money is the whatever <laughs> okay you know it's a lot of fun i really wish the reprise the end of the the musical the stage play where jesus basically comes back before jimmy's execution and is like hey you know you should you should die i get it it didn't go into the 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 musical i think it would be a really interesting idea that jesus shows up and doesn't save him and then the president does save him but it's all for propaganda's sake they've decided that they're going to turn jimmy into the spokesperson to present the the evils of this thing and you know to be honest it's not an accurate portrayal the opening of mary jane slash lane jimmy mentions something called the it the impulse side of the brain is noted to someone else who is referenced as Sigmund Freud, Austrian neurologist who founded the study of psychoanalysts and was Jewish. <laughs> awesome. It's really kind of funny because they're saying in the musical movie that Jack and May are trying to like use psychology to seduce him into it. But really, like they're in fact using psychology to demonize what's not happening. They're showing a dramatization. It's not what actually happens. He also referenced Charlemagne or Charles the Great was a ruler during early Middle Ages who had many wives and concubines not born of noble blood. Another one that you may or may not remember. I remember her movies fondly when I was a kid, completely unaware of the world at large. Little Miss Shirley Temple, a child star famous during the depression and went on to be a later republican and diplomat to ghana and czechoslovakia after she retired from film in 1950 at the age of 22 and mary lane is like kind of like a, a shirley temple sign of character like as a teenager maybe not completely knowledgeable of the world but you know just sort of like super cute and bubbly and like you know bunnies i was <laughs> like i don't know what you're talking about but i love it <laughs> shirley temple dipped in pudding muggle is a term that some of you may know mainly from harry potter oh, jk rowling Ugh. x on her harry potter lives <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so I, I didn't know that was a thing muggle meaning someone who is not of the scene or particular activity so in the word muggle most of you know not participating magic this is just general meaning when Talking about marijuana. Muggle. <laughs> Wait, no, no, I know what it is. Marijuana is truly magic. The Harry Potter world exists. All you have to do is smoke enough weed, man. You can go to Hogwarts. Even if you can't go to Orlando right now, you can still go to Ho Hogwarts. Nine and three quarters is waiting for you, man. Just like, toke it up. On the Trail of Marijuana, The Weed of Madness was written by Earl Albert Rowell and Robert Rowell in 1939 as a work to talk about the evils of marijuana. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. It just seemed like it was a thing. Like, uh, okay, so first, first off, Hearst. Let's talk about Hearst a little Hearst. bit. Hearst, absolutely. He had his paper mills, and I guess he was concerned, and he didn't want 
hemp to be sold because he didn't want to compete against that, which is fine, I guess. It's a fine line. Carrying in the banner, it's a fine line. So, yes, William Randolph Hearst, a newspaper publisher, businessman, politician who is fictionalized in Newsies, another show we will talk about later on. He is the reason why marijuana has been criminalized ever since. Also, Orson Welles, why isn't that mentioned at all? all in Citizen Kane. Why is Citizen Kane about like all of his other properties when like he obviously has this connection of putting out propaganda newspapers? Like let's say if you took like Rupert Murdoch and merged him with the Koch brothers, that would have been Hearst. Think about that for a second. And 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 because that was so powerful, you got to have like an Anslinger in the world who was able to like do much worse things. Equal awesome things happening at the same time and like awesomely awful. When Dumbledore is talking about Voldemort, he's a great wizard. Terrible, but great. When they came together, they were like, oh my gosh, we can use our, our racist, uh, elitist powers to to basically oppress people and make our own money and stay in power and do all the things that we want to without like actually like putting any positive benefit to humanity. Hooray. Uncle Sam was named after a meat packer named Samuel Wilson in the War of 1812 representing the U.S. federal government. There was a, um, a character before Uncle Sam exists called Columbia, like the Statue of Liberty and also Columbia Studios. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like based off of her initial existence which was prior to uncle sam but we couldn't possibly have a woman represent the united states lady liberty now called the statue of liberty full name is liberty enlightening the world as a gift from france in 1886 rumors due to bartholdi who is the artist using egyptian women as model asserts that the original model was to be a black woman but was changed to be white the artist was anti-slavery so i believe that there is some truth in that rumor yeah probably charlie and charlie in the chocolate factory charlie's supposed to be black if, if, if charlie were black the story makes a lot more sense some of you just won't want to don't want to be honest about it and that's fine but like at the end of the day there's truth the sun will come out tomorrow. But uh, that orphan had a, 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 a billionaire father, so I listened to her. <laughs> it, it links with Annie with President Roosevelt along with Newsies. And so, of course, we will be discussing Annie in a later podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Annie's important to talk about. America still has all of these problems. We still do. George Washington was America's first president and known to be a mixed figure when history is involved with the truth. Oh, that's odd. I thought George Washington helped create mixed figures. It must be nice to have Washington on your side. Darwin, as in Charles Darwin, we share a birthday along with Abe Lincoln, who was a geologist, biologist that helped develop the theory of evolution, now should be accepted across the world as fact, but there are stupid people out there. Yeah, there definitely are. He actually had a quote that I think everyone should hear. A man who dares to waste one hour of time has not discovered the value of life. Yeah, no, you have to take uh, uh, every moment. It's precious. Spend time doing the things in life that make you happy. Don't spend your time crapping on people's lives because you want to be over them or better than them. Who cares? Do your own thing. Live your own life. Mary Lane is so innocent and naive. 
she does not have a worldview as May does. Yeah, actually, it feels more like a 1950s film, doesn't it? That 1930s film is not shot nearly as well. Right. <laughs> Some definitely film noir elements in that. Obvious that it seemed like they were using a lot of the stage play elements. It would have been really cool to see them shoot it like little shop of horrors. May Coleman, as an abused woman by Jack, is scared to speak up for herself as well as others until she is pushed to the edge by Jack and society at the time. Sally is something acting like a rag doll in a way, opposite of Ralph as a silly slutty addict. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Suck a damn for Sally. Don't be a chicken. Don't be a chicken. Yeah, definitely. And like, a, um, the interesting about thing about her is that like she has her baby that yeah. she sort of is dealing with and, or not really dealing with. This is a very um, cisgender play honestly it's a very white supremacist cisgender play in a, in a lot of respects and it doesn't mean to be mm-hmm. though that one song that they dropped kind of does but uh, <laughs> uh, listen to the album or not she's she's cute and she's sexy but like she doesn't yeah there's there's not much to her as a character you can talk about audrey uh, in a lot more terms, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. You can talk about Audrey more than any of these women. She has more lines. She has more dialogue. She has more character development and driven plot. May is the only one with a character arc that actually changes from beginning to end, unless you count death as the change for Mary Lane. May is an interesting you know, female character because she uh, May is obviously dependent on Jack. He oppresses her. He, he, he beats her. He rapes her, mm-hmm. right? Like, But that's not... That's not her story in it, right? Like, she's beyond that because, like, she overcomes and kills him uh, eventually, right? So, like, like at the end of the day, she actually has the most character because, like, she has to, A, confront that. Wow, she has a character arc. Sally doesn't. Oh, that's sad. Technically... The story is hers and not Jimmy's because Jimmy doesn't really he's he's like forgiven and like given this chance. And it turned out he didn't really kill anyone. I, I thought at first he had killed someone like the old man yeah. that he rolled ran over. But I realized, you know, like uh, love by Mary, love by Mary, love by Mary Lane. Yeah. So he's seeing it with the cop. Right. So it's like either either his ghost is singing it with the cop. That doesn't make any sense. Or he stopped. The old man fainted and then woke up. The cop revived him. That's what I'm thinking. He frightened the old man. He didn't really hit him, did he? (laughs) It's ridiculous. But I mean, like, like that's that's why it's such a fun musical. It's just so sad that it's connected to such awful history. Yeah, I mean, of Campbell, she is always gorgeous. I have had a crush on her since Scream. Do more work. Have have some fun. Be in a sci-fi movie. Joan of Arc is a very feminized version from what people usually think of her as an historical figure that fought in the Crusades cross-dressing as a man and was eventually burned at the stake for it. In this, she is so sassy and it is amazing. They kind of turned her into a lounge act. Like, she pulls out the sword and uses it as a microphone. And I'm like, but would she, though? No, no, no. It's an amazing role. Would she do it? But am I mad? Because, like, obviously, Jesus is not Jesus, right? First off, Jesus isn't white. That portrayal of Jesus is perfect. Exactly perfect for that musical. And it's perfect for the actor, which I'll get into later. All the folks watching the presentation with the MC that speak are men. But you only have a spotlight on the token Asian woman to single her out as an Asian first and a woman second. Dialogue, men dominate all the way from beginning to end, except when May 
finally kills Jack after shooting Ralph and saves the day, but gets no credit. <laughs> did she did she really save the day though? She did she didn't save the day. She saved Jimmy. She saves herself. I okay, okay. So she saves the day by saving herself and saving Jimmy. She, she had so to many, wake up before she, she could so realize. She let so many people die. <laughs> She's such a hero. Songs are where women shine. As May sings the stuff, it is a bubbling water song. But it is her story. This musical is right, about right. her. She is doing this until she can find the courage to change herself. It's the stuff. The stuff. It's a it's a great song. Oh yeah, no, no, you gotta get like the the the, the rape me part though. <laughs> yeah, completely lost. Well, so we were listening to another version of this, and the person that does this in the original LA kind of throws that line away. We love Anna Gesteyer's uh, performance on that, moving around the house, singing the song, uh, lamenting about the past, and just being like super melodramatic. It's such a lovely performance. And then she like opens up the window and is like, rapes me. Not like it's much better than that. And like everybody is just like, like the milkman drops a bottle of milk. And like everybody's just like, what? And she's like, oh, oh." it's such a powerful song. She does such a great job with it. Mary sings a silly sounding song that on the surface is a fluff song, Lonely Pew, but the expression coming through is one of strength and resiliency. But the right time and cast, maybe green turns to gold. Alan Cumming plays multiple roles as he takes you in and out of the story being told. He is the solo Greek chorus. His performance, man, that kid... Yeah, with all due respect, like if you're if you're an amazing like I would go like Jack Nicholson, that's a, like Jack Nicholson, that kid knows how to act. The ability to just like the president plays the president plays the satyr, yeah, the peddler. He, oh yeah, he's the crosswalk guy, yeah. right? He he's basically like the main woven element throughout the whole thing that just makes the it work perfectly. And the fact that he's just so charismatic and just like is selling it. I get how Anslinger was able to get away with all of this nonsense because he just, you know, got people to like him. He even got John F. Kennedy to give him a, a, a medal. Comic book enthusiasts will love him as X-Men Nightcrawler. He was also in Bent Cabaret, where he was a similar, very similar role of the MC, Emma, Goldeneye. And of course, along with fellow Brit Sir Ian McKellen, was in a ton of Shakespeare and played King James in an episode of Doctor Who. Lesser known than his sister, Nev, some would argue is a better actor, Christian Campbell is a Canadian-American. I've actually seen him in the movie Trick, a gay rom-com with Tori Spelling. It's not something that I would say you have to see before you die. It was a cute film. I think I saw it, I mean, back in, you know, when I was working at Blackbuster. I've seen some films. Like, that's that was the cool thing about video rentals, studios in general, or, or shops in general, is that you could, like, run into films you'd never run into. Yeah nowadays you could have like a local filmmaker add their film to a, a video store mitten help from Kristen bell Woo. who you probably know is a singer actress producer from our great state of michigan she plays innocent little mary lane starting in 2001 but is interrupted by 9-11 goes on to star in veronica mars heroes the good place and of course anna from the Frozen Enterprise, winner of the Satellite for her work in Reefer Madness, Saturn and Gold Derby for Veronica Mars, Alliance of Women Film Journalists for Frozen, People's Choice 
for The Good Place twice. House of Lies Critics' Choice movie in last year was inducted into the Hollywood Rock Walk of Fame, more important to me and some others beyond all of her work on and beyond the screen is the fact that she is a strong advocate, not just for the safe causes, but animal rights, human rights as well, waiting to marry until everyone could, and fighting to end the stigma around mental health after coming out as someone who struggles with depression and anxiety. It's important generally to talk about the things that we all go through and struggle with sort of makes it real and able for us all to deal with it, right? This is also the role that I noticed that this Kristen Bell is the same exact Kristen Bell that I did actually act in youth theater with when I was a child. Steven Weber stars as the dastardly villain Jack Stone, but you might remember him, but I remember him from the movie Jeffrey, where he was gay for pay alongside Sir Patrick Stewart and Sigourney Weaver. He was also in Just Looking, Leaving Las Vegas, Dracula Dead and Loving It the same year. <laughs> Dracula Dead and Loving It. If you watched TV from the 80s and until now, you would have seen him in Wings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him from Tales from the Crypt. Working with someone else from here, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Shining, 1997. Guest voices on The Simpsons, Hercules, Extreme Ghostbusters, The New Batman, American Dad, Ultimate Spider-Man, Will and Grace, Monk, Law and Order, SVU, Psych, Desperate Housewives, iZombie, and Get Shorty. Oh, man. Oh, it's Tales been so long crypt. since I've seen that. He also stepped into the role of Leo Bloom in the stage version of The Producers in 2002 and 2003. Both Weber and Bell are strong Democrat supporters. You knew she could make you laugh, but her song will leave you wanting more. Mae Coleman with Anna Gasteyer from SNL. Other than films, you might have seen her in Dick, another political comedy jam. What Women Want and Women on Top, same year. Mean Girl, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, after her work on SNL and less equal popular 1990s to 2000 show, she was in Chuck, Frasier, The Good Wife, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Family Guy, The Mindy Project, Girls, Grease Live, and knocking us out on Lady Dynamite. In the laughs at the beginning of the film that creep you out, played by none other John Cassier. He plays Ralph. The character of Ralph is just like so much fun. It's so delicious because like it's like so one-dimensional but at the same time just so much fun the customer at the beginning of little shop of horrors made up dope fiend then all of a sudden he just becomes this sort of like cannibal out of nowhere the the guy from poland is right like it it seems a little (laughs) far-fetched sexy divorce dexter decadence amy spanger seduces you as sally channeling a bit of bernadette in Annie, I feel. Making her Broadway debut in Sunset Boulevard, Roxy Hart in Chicago, Urinetown, originally originating the roles of Lois Lane, Bianca, in the revival of Kiss Me Kate, and Holly in The Wedding Singer. She also worked with Jonathan Larson in Tick, Tick, Boom, next to Normal with Anthony Rapp, following her roles as Sherry in Rock of Ages and Jovi in Elf. Her other films include Synecdoche, New York, and Chicago Med, with Reaver Manis being her first credit. In a dream sequence, Weber made Robert Torty from Starlight Express. It's a it's an amazing song. Using the microphone to splash holy water. It's ridiculous. As Greaseball, his Broadway debut that earned him a Tony, and in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, playing, of course, <laughs> Pharaoh, on screen, that thing you do, who's your daddy, submerged 
in the Drew Carey show, Generations, The Young and the Restless, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody series, Family Ties, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Murder, She Wrote, Clueless, Hey Arnold, She's the Man, Race to Witch Mountain, and on stage as Judas in Jesus Christ, Superstar. West Side Story as Bernardo. Bob in Smokey Joe's Cafe. He won a Drama Logue Award for playing Jesus in Godspell and an Ovation Award for Jesus in Reefer Madness. Introducing Jesus in the dream sequence is Joan of Arc, played by Christine Lacken, best known for an our generation as Al Lambert in the show Step by Step. Also in Jutopia, the film Race to Witch Mountain. Satan is played by more of a musician, John Mann, R.I.P. 2019, but was also in the Chronicles of Riddick and Underworld Evolution. Gracing the theater to be in Of Mice and Men, Three Penny Opera, Miss Saigon, with Engineer as a problematic role now because he is uh, yellow-faced. I'm sorry, I, I promised you at the end of this we were going to talk about Billie Holiday, and instead, this is especially chilly, and you're going to want to stick to us for to see the chilling ending of Reefer Madness. You'll have to come back to the part two and see you next time.